Well, welcome Faith City Church and those of you you who have checked us out online. It is great uh, to be here and to be connecting with you guys today. What a different season. What an incredible season. I mean, Canada is still kicking at the World Juniors, so those of us who like hockey are pretty thankful. They could have laid off a bit on Germany, but that's a pretty cool score. But the truth is this season has been different. I really do hope and pray that there have been some bright spots for you. But we haven't been able to gather the same way as we would have loved as a church family. I don't know about you, but one of the things I've missed is um, (laughs) International Christmas. Can I get an amen? My brother Yemi saying amen right now. My gosh, coming together as a church family and experiencing and celebrating together uh, with so many diverse cultural backgrounds is so much fun. And yes, Pastor Glenn, the food is good. Amen. Hallelujah. So we missed those things. We missed uh, the children's play. We missed the hugs and the encouragements. But one thing we've been able to do is to gather together online and know that wherever we find ourselves, that God is faithful. So the question in this season, as the pastors have brought to you messages about shining brightly, is, well, how, how do I keep this light? How do I keep Isn't an incredible thing that we see in the beginning where Jesus, God's own, the God's own word becomes flesh. He condescends. He comes down from heaven. And Pastor Glenn explained that, that the word of God is eternal. The word of God is eternal. God is consistent. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, when he comes and he condescends and becomes one of us, you start to say, well, who is this Jesus guy? And those are great questions. Those things will help us to shine brighter as we ask that question, who is this living word? Well, the word of God, the concept expressed here in scripture is honestly borrowed from uh, it's a word that you find in Greek that would, that would express something the philosophers tossed around. That word, in some way, describes part of who Jesus is. Jesus is God's ex- pre-expressed word, his expressed word, and uh, as he is expressing it, the power that he is eternal. He is past, he is present, and he is future. He is consistent. And what we see in Jesus is God's intelligence. We see God's uh, work. We see God's pattern. And you look and you see it in Scripture. How are we doing? (laughs) And the pattern we see is good. 
It's a good pattern. It's a powerful pattern. You can see God's, uh, through God's word that God created a good world, that there, is, there, is, there are genetic structures that are incredibly complex. We can see that there's a hydrological cycle, that the water cycle, that cycles not only water in our environment, but actually influences, in some ways, the movement of tectonic plates, drops of water, something that we take for granted, but it's part of a pattern that has created time and space and movement. We live in a planet where radiation passes through our environment and gives us light and warmth. God's good word came in the form of Jesus. Jesus incarnated, he became, he left heaven and became a part of our, he became here and incarnated within creation. And I think the question comes, uh, well, why? Why would God bother, if God created it all, why would he bother to send his son? And I think the answer is going to help us to shine a little brighter. Let's move forward a little bit. In chapter 1 of John, verse 6, it says this, There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, about Jesus, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. Chapter, chapter 1, verse 9 says, There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. It's like coming to a party that you've created, if you will, and nobody knows you. You're having a party at your house, and you've come, and you're there to celebrate with the people, and they don't know you. Jesus came to the place that was created through him, through God's intelligence, his, his word. It's made through him everything, encountering people who have been created, who, who their very being, they're eating, they're drinking, they're living, they're sleeping, and they're dying. All of that is happening in a creation that was created through him, and they don't recognize him. Can you imagine this? Meeting your father on the street and not knowing who it is. Meeting your brother on the street and not knowing who it is. It says Jesus came to a world that did not know him. And the truth is, there is a reason why the world did not know him. It's not because he's a fake. The reason the world didn't know him goes back to the very beginning. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and he made us. And we decided to partner with the enemy and make ourselves gods. Do you know the irony and the temptation that Adam and Eve um, experienced? Adam and Eve experienced this temptation, and, the, and Satan kind of says to them, Hey, how would you like to be like God? Do you know what? They already were. So when you're walking down the street, if you're in a relationship or not in a relationship, and the, and the enemy's kind of tempting you to look at things or people that you probably shouldn't be, you've already got something good. Mankind's kind of funny. Sometimes we think we can do a better job than God. Isn't that kind of crazy? The God who created the entire universe and we're going to do better. We can't even get nuclear uh, power working in a way that we're not polluting, well, containing pollution for thousands and thousands of years. Fine. Good job. Science is brilliant. Science can do incredible things. And science can do incredibly destructive things. When we do, without first paying attention to the who, the context, we create problems. This world that Jesus came to didn't know him, but that didn't stop him. They didn't treat him well, but that didn't stop him. Jesus Christ came to a world that needed him, that needed breakthroughs and opportunities. Why? So that we could shine a little brighter. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. Do you know when you take time and look through 
um, Old Testament, the Torah, the teaching, and the prophets, the law and the prophets, what you're going to discover are seeds, truth. The Bible is the word of God. Jesus is consistent. Jesus doesn't contradict himself. He doesn't contradict the word. The Holy Spirit doesn't either. The Trinity is together. In fact, that should kind of give us a fear. When we, when we approach who God is, he is way more than us. Jesus is God's word, and that's a person. Wow. God the Father is a person, but his word is a person. And his spirit is a person. God is a big deal. So we should approach him with fear and awe. And the fact that he would come to us speaks and reflects and shows us something that gives us opportunity to take pause and say, there's something about this God. And he comes to his own, and his own have, have had opportunity to explore, you know, the teachings, the Torah, and they've experienced uh, the, the Ketev, the writings, the prophets. They've, they've seen and experienced, but there's a blindness, and they aren't seeing the light. I don't know about you, but, but it's, it's not something we can say just exists outside the church. The truth is, when we make ourselves God, I think we dim the light just a little bit, don't you think? When we say, God, you'd want to do it this way, but we can do better, don't you think that might be a bit of a misstep? I think it might, beginning as we consider how to let the light shine brightly, we just got to let it shine. We just got to experience it. We just got to recognize the light for what it is, and that's going to mean that we're going to have to take time to understand that light, who is Jesus. And it says this in verse 12, but as many as received him, he gave the right to become the children, the sons and daughters of God. The sons and daughters of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You know, it's an incredible thing. It's an incredible thing what salvation really is. And sometimes the truth is, as the church, we, 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 don't, we don't fully express what we really receive through salvation. We spend so much time talking about forgiveness of sins, and that's fantastic. I don't know about you, but I've messed up in my life, even this week, and I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful that Jesus died basically naked on a cross to take my shame and my guilt and my sin, that he created a perfect sacrifice that provided a way for me to come to the Father. But there is so much in the cross. And, and the cross isn't the end. The, the tomb, he's resurrected. There's so much that he has accomplished because it says here in the word of God that Jesus made a way for us, even though we did not deserve it, to become the very sons and daughters of God Most High. That's a powerful statement. That's a powerful statement. I think if we're going to consider how to shine brightly going through the rest of 2020 and end of 2021, we need to have a fear of God. We need to understand he's a big God. He does miraculous things. We, we talked about the medically verified miracles that even in this season he's done, how he's provided financially for people, how he has walked through journeys with folks and even seen tumors shrink and families come back together and lives get restored and people get hope from, from all over, not just Halifax, but all over the world. We need to understand who our God is and then we need to understand who we are, his sons. 
Are we treating ourselves as, as the sons of God? Are we treating our brothers and sisters as the sons of God? When we look at someone, whether or not you agree with them, they're, your, they're the son of God sitting next to you. That's a big deal. God valued them so much, he paid with the blood of his son so that he might be, as Romans says, the first among many. God is bringing people home. It's a great big party, and it's a lot of fun. And while we're here, we can be like Jesus about our Father's business. Let's keep going. In chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. Glory is the glory of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he whom I said, He who comes after me, this is John the Baptist speaking, has a higher rank than I. He's talking about Jesus. For he existed before me, for of the fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, the Torah, but grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten God whom is in the bosom of the Father. He has explained him. Jesus Christ has explained God. In Hebrews, it says that Jesus, chapter 1, verse 13, that Jesus is the exact representation of God the Father. So if we want to get to know God, we've got to get to know Jesus. We have to pay attention to who Jesus is, to what he taught. And when you look at the scriptures and you spend a bit of time understanding that when God comes to earth through his son Jesus, he didn't come with trumpets and sit in a castle and force everyone to sit down and obey him. He came to a stable. He came to a stable. He came through a, a young virgin and, and descended literally into this earth in humble circumstances. And what was the, some of the first things he, he did? He brought in shepherds. Shepherds, those who were on the margins of society, not clean by the standards of the time. And he says, come in. You have a place. Not only that, but he brings people from the outside, from, from, from Eastern religions, brings them into the story where they get to come and worship and experience God's Son. And as Pastor Glenn explained in chapter 2 of Luke, that son was wrapped in swaddling cloths. Those clothes were death shrouds. People used to travel with the cloths they could be buried with. They didn't know if they were going to live or die. Joseph was a prudent guy. He traveled around with these swaddling cloths. Jesus' first clothes were death clothes. Think of the humility, being born in a stable, inviting the outsiders, and being wrapped in the clothes that are meant for burial. But I've got some good news. Jesus outgrew those death clothes because he overcame death. And even when he died there on the cross so that you and I could experience the Father, those death shrouds didn't stay on him. Because we serve a living God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, who is a humble God, who loves you, who has plans better for you than even you can plan for yourself. Because he is love, he is truth, he has grace upon grace, and he has good plans for you. He has great plans for us. He's amazing. 
He is so consistent. You know, Moses, God reveals himself to Moses. God revealed himself to, to, to Adam. God revealed himself to Elijah and Isaiah. God revealed himself through Jesus. And I believe he is revealing himself to you. You know, when Mary sat down at the feet of Jesus, something spectacular happened. Something incredible happened. In the time when Mary lived, Mary is at a time where women are not valued. And you might say that might exist to some extent today. But Jesus valued her. He valued her so much that she is sitting at his feet. Jesus sees people differently than we do. God sees people differently than we do. And some of the people that we might not value very much, God values very much. So there is a woman sitting amongst men at the feet of Jesus, seeing the revealed true nature of God expressed through Jesus Christ. And I'm sure the teaching was great, but what's really emphasized is this, that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father, and the Father says, you matter, and if the world has said you don't, God says you do. That message is consistent through Scripture. God the Father cares for his creation. When you look at Jesus uh, further along, in the, and, he, and he's, he's, he's going into Samaria, he's going the wrong side of the tracks, and he encounters a woman who is in the midst of adultery. There's a takeout there. There's an important takeout there. We want to get to know Jesus. We want our light to continue to shine brightly. Then we've got to get to know the things that he was about. He was about his father's business. He wasn't about himself or promoting himself. That just happened. And sometimes he'd say, hey guys, keep it quiet. My time hasn't come yet. But Jesus, every step he, made, he, he took had purpose. And he took time to sit down with a woman and teach her about the things of God because God had a plan and a purpose for her. And Jesus walked to the wrong side of the tracks and sat down with a woman again who was caught in adultery, she, or who was in the midst of adultery, and his prophetic voice spoke to her and he told her all about her life. Did he condemn her? No, but she, her life changes forever as she goes and gets the whole town. She's become an evangelist and those people get to meet the living God. Jesus cares for the people on the wrong side of the tracks. And the question and the takeout is, do we? Are we willing? Are we willing to go and sit with the people that society says they're no good? Because my God says they are good in him. And the truth is, we've all sinned. We've all messed up. The only reason we can do anything for him is because of what he did. That little baby wrapped in death clothes who grew up and carried a cross and died for us. If we want to shine brightly, we need to have a fear or an awe of God, spending time in worship and sharing back to him some of the love that he's put in our hearts because of the love that he's shown us. At a time where we did not in any way deserve it, Jesus died for us so that we could experience the love of the Father and be the children of God. And we want to pay attention to what our brother Jesus did because he reveals the Father. He is the exact nature of the Father God. You know, when Jesus talks about being in the vine and remaining in him and doing nothing on your own, he is just expressing a teaching of something he actually did. When Jesus came to earth, he emptied himself of everything. And when he was baptized here with, by John the Baptist, and the Holy Spirit descended on him, he was very humble. 
So when he walked into the wilderness, as Pastor Paul explained to us, he didn't walk there alone. But he didn't do things on his own strength either. He did things led by the Holy Spirit. You know, in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, I believe it says that Jesus often went away to the lonely places, to the wilderness. 2020 has been a wilderness. Can I get an amen? Come on, someone give me a high five. Hallelujah. Watch the screen. Don't hit it too hard. It's been a wilderness, but even in the wilderness, we've seen miracles. Even in the wilderness, we've seen lives changed. Today could be the day that Jesus changes your life forever. Because Jesus says you matter. And the people outside your home, they matter. And the people who've hurt you, they matter. We don't always know what we're missing until we got it, right? 2020 has taught us that. I bet Jesus misses uh, the opportunity to connect to the creation that he's created. But man, he's not given up. And I hope we don't either. It's incredible as we pay attention to who Jesus is, how our lights can shine really bright. You know that woman by the well? As she shared those testimonies out there, God used those words to multiply his work. God does good things with the things that other people throw away. He is a really good recycler. <laughs> He's a really good repurposer. And he brings those who other folks say don't have any place right into a very special place in his family. Amen? So as we pay attention to Jesus who went into the wilderness, Jesus who often went into the wilderness to spend time in prayer, it says that Jesus didn't do anything that he didn't see his father do. Nothing. He was led by the Holy Spirit. It says in the, in, in the word of God that those who are the sons of God are led by the Holy Spirit. We don't have to. We get to be like Jesus and be led by the Holy Spirit. And we can expect signs and miracles and wonders to follow us. And we are told in this season of story after story after story of a God who is still active, a God who's still going out and looking, looking after his sons and his daughters and calling more into his family because he just cares that much. And when, when, when Satan encounters Jesus in the wilderness... That was no surprise to God. Jesus was tempted. This is before his public ministry. Before his public ministry, Jesus, the Son of God, is tested. And how did he fight? How did he fight? He fought with the sword of the Spirit and worship. He fought with the sword of the Spirit, with, with the Word of God, and with worship. And it's not that we can't bring the hard things to God, because the truth is, as you fast forward in Jesus' life, and you start to see what Jesus uh, was about, and he went, I mean, he spit in mud and put it on people's eyes, and they were healed, hallelujah. He touched the lepers, they would be healed, hallelujah. A special word from God, hallelujah. It's not that he didn't know hardship. He knew rejection, he knew pain, and in fact, when he was in the garden, he's asking God the tough questions. God, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, Please, let this pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. But if this has got to be the way, your will be done, not mine. Wow. And because he did that and he went through those hardships, he provided a way for all of us and more to be called the sons of God. 
but it doesn't mean he didn't ask God the hard questions. You know, some of you might have been hurt. You could have been hurt at church. You could have been hurt at home in the family. You could have been hurt in the workplace or even as a child. But can I say this? Whatever you've experienced, please bring God to God the Father. I believe God wants to heal your heart. I believe God wants to set you free. I believe God says you matter. I believe God will reveal himself to you. I'm going to invite the team back in just a, a couple minutes, but as we wrap up today, we're asking these simple questions. How do you keep shining brightly? How do we keep doing it beyond this Christmas season? And how do we shine brightly into the new year? Well, I'm going to suggest the first is this. As Jesus showed us, and he often went to the secret places, the quiet places, the wilderness places to pray, that you might want to spend a bit of time with God. The intimacy that is created uh, is expressed this way, that the, yeah, similar to the two becoming one, that we would be united with God the Father, that we would experience a unity with God that is deep and very personal, and that is possible because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So I just want to suggest that as we roll out the rest of 2020 and roll into the new year, that guys, we've got an incredible opportunity to hear from God. And we hear from God through his spirit. And we hear from God through his word. And we know that they never disagree. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who authored it. So I want to invite you to spend time in prayer listening to God. Just as Jesus did. It's going to be amazing. And get to know his son Jesus through his word. It's going to be helpful for you when there's trials or temptations. It's going to reveal to you the very nature and being of God the Father. Spend time in worship every day. Spend time... Just experiencing, remembering, and celebrating the love that God has for you, for the woman by the well, for Mary, for lepers. Jesus had a ragtag group of disciples. Some of them are fishermen, tax collectors. Those are people who are treasonous to their own country. <laughs> and Jesus says, come here. And the wonderful thing about God is he encounters us and gives us revelation, just like Moses experienced, just like Isaiah, just like Elijah, just like the prophets of old, and even those in the New Testament, and even today, God reveals himself to you. And that quiet voice that comes in prayer is going to explain the Holy Spirit will teach us as we read the word of God and understand the sonship, that we are children of God. And as we get to know him, and who he is. And we, we learn as he reveals himself through scripture, then praise God, we can go out like the woman and the well, and we can share the good news. My friends, we are built for testimonies. Your story matters to God. And if you will, give him your life, 
he will use your story to impact this world, to bring others into the family. If you want to shine brightly and continue to shine brightly, we just have to be the sons and daughters of God that he's created us to be, and that's not on us. It's through prayer. It's through his word. It's through revelation. It's through being, not doing. It's through being the sons of God. God cares so much about you. He cares so much about your family. He knows the things in your heart. You can bring him your hard questions. You can go to him in trial. You can even tell him the things you like. He knows I like food. He just loves us so much that he would send his only son to die a torturous death, to become sin, to become the curse, so that we could experience his righteousness, so that we could live that out by faith and by love, so that we could know his power and expect signs and miracles and wonders to follow us. We're going to pray in a second, and I just want to invite you to believe big for a big God, that he will shine that bright, that light brightly, that he will be the one, our champion, who's going to go before us and change this city, this nation, this world for his glory because he loves it that much. If you're ready for a move of God, I just pray you'd put out your hands with me right now and you'd pray in agreement for God to reach you right where you are and to move and use you and this church and the churches across this land and the Christians across this world to reach out and be the sons and daughters that we were created to be. Not by our power, but by His, because it's better. Not by our wisdom, but by His, because it's better. Not because, not by our love, but by His love, because it's best. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you've come to us, that you've condescended, that God, you allowed your son to become one of us, that you incarnated, that God, you would empty, your son would empty himself of everything in order to give us everything we need. Lord, I thank you that you went to the woman by the well. I thank you that Mary sat at your feet and I thank you that we can sit at your feet today, Jesus, and experience and know more of you, that God, our prayer lives can be alive, that we can hear from God Almighty, that we know that God speaks to us, that we can see you and hear you in your word, that your son Jesus reveals himself and reveals you, that he's the exact representation of you. We can get to know you because you've made a way. And we thank you for that cross and that blood that was shed that washes us clean and the spirit you sent that raised Christ from the dead to baptize us in your presence. That we can see today miracles, signs, and wonders, and it's not the end. It's not over, God. You're still moving. Your plans are good. So for my brothers and sisters who need a special touch of God, today we say amen, 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 that you will heal them right now in Jesus' name. That person with the jaw pain, that it will go today in Jesus' name. The person who is suffering mental anguish, that it will be done, and there will be peace in Jesus' name. That those who are suffering with self-esteem or depression, 
children will know that God loves them, that they are the sons of God, that they can lay down their burdens, that for those who just say, God, I'm done, you can say to them, well, I'm not done. And you matter, son, and you matter, daughter. For those who need a financial breakthrough, that, Lord, you're there because you're faithful. God, this city needs you. This world needs you. And there might be those who are watching today, they don't even know how to get to you, but we thank you that, God, you've created a way and they can just say, God, I'm here. I need you. We don't just want you to save us. We want you to lead us. We want you to be Lord. We want you to be Lord of our lives and our churches and our homes. We want you to be Lord of it all. In fact, you are. So we're giving you back what you've given to us. And we're expecting great things because you're a great God with a great love. Thank you in advance for great things. God, you're so good. We just bless your name today in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed.